Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. We've been here, um, been studying 2 Timothy. Let me just show, see a show of hands. How many of you have been studying 2 Timothy? Glory to God. There's a few of y'all. And so um, the rest of y'all need to catch up because <laughs> we only got two more chapters and we're out of there um, for now. <laughs> we'll probably visit sometime in the future. But we've been talking about the making of an honorable vessel. And if we, as we think about a vessel, a vessel is something that I like to look at as like a pipe on which God wants to flow through. And I, I don't know about you, but I want to be a vessel meant for the master's use. I want to be used by God. I want to be usable in his hand. I don't just want to be used because there's some people who are used by God and God uses whoever he wills. He'll use the wicked for his glory. So we don't just want to be used, but we want to be a vessel of honor and we want to be usable. We want to be dangerous. And one of the things that I read years ago from a, uh, a man who's in heaven now, he actually said, holiness is a great threat. Holiness of a minister is a great threat in, in the hands of God. It, threat, it threatens Satan. And so there are some vessels that are un, that, that's unworthy. And there's some vessels that God has made worthy. And so we're going to dive into this. As I think about the making of a vessel, I'm thinking about I, I'm a baker. I'm not necessarily a cook. I can cook if I had to, and I have in the past. But I, I, I have perfected somewhat of baking. I can make brownies. I was thinking about making y'all brownies today, but I, I changed my mind. And, uh, and um, <laughs> y'all supposed to laugh at that. And then um, I, I've made, I know how to make some cake. And so I want to take you through uh, a little bit of and let you in on a little secret. And I'll probably get crucified for this, but it's all good. The making of a sweet potato pie. So how do I make a sweet potato pie? OK, there's a several ways. I won't give you everything, but I'll give you the majority stuff. So when I make my sweet potato pies, people have traveled an hour and a half just to come and get my sweet potato pies. And um, <laughs> and so. Um, there, there's a great debate, and I'm not here to debate you. you. You can do whatever you want. Some people prefer the actual real sweet potatoes or the can. In my short amount of time on the earth, I've experienced that there's no really a big difference. But, you know, that's debatable. Uh, <laughs> either you can stay and, and peel and take a little extra time, or you can just use a can with a little syrup in, in it. And so... Um, I, I, I prefer the cans because it's less time. Me and my wife have debated over this over the years and had to go to counseling because of this. Um, just like over grits. Um, how many of y'all put um, salt and butter on your grits? Raise your hand. Okay. Okay. How many of y'all put sugar on your grits? Oh, those are the people anointed. I see, I see heaven on you. I see the glory upon you. Okay. So that's been debated. Um, <clears throat> My wife is from South Carolina. I'm from Arkansas. And she um, is like send a cuss word in the house because I put sugar in my um, um, grits. Um, amen. And so she said, that's not oatmeal. That's not um, cream of wheat. That, <laughs> and that's the big debate. All right. So when I make a sweet potato pie, I get my, um, my sweet potatoes. I use the can. What's the name of the Bruce? Bruce. Uh, he's anointed. I, I don't know if he's alive or not, but that man is anointed. Um, so I, I get the little cans and I, and, and I boil a little bit of it. 
Um, and then what I'll do is I'll put in a big mixing bo uh, bowl. And I don't like streaming, stream, like stringy yeah. sweet potatoes. Um, it, it, I think that's an insult. And so I, I take the blender and I make sure I get all the strings out. You know, and it's just over and over. It's messy, but, you know, just take my time. And then I put, um, I use white sugar. And so I, I put a lot of sugar in it. Like I just do almost a half of a, a bag and just like. <laughs> so I'm making, about, I'm making about 12 pies, though. And so I about 12. Of, and so and then I take a, a, a stick of butter and um, I melt the butter and I pour it inside and then I, I do vanilla extract. I don't like the flavor one. I like the real ones. I spend the six dollars for the little small bottle. And then <laughs> and then what I'll do is um, I put um, I, I begin to mix it together and I put some eggs in it. You know, the eggs kind of make it give it some color. And, uh, and then I put some evaporated milk. And so I pour some milk in it and it also brings it up. And then um, I'll give you one of my little secrets. I, I, I'll put a little bit of orange juice or pineapple juice in it. And it just takes it to another. And then I put cinnamon and then I'll put um, also nutmeg and I just dump it. And I don't use any recipe. I just do it by taste. Of course, when I taste it, I don't use that spoon again. <laughs> no double dipping. And so, because, and, and, and I cover my mouth because I don't want to spit. I don't mean like, hold up and praying and, it, you know, and that's just COVID all over again. And so, I, so I'm very careful about that. So I'm mixing it and I mix it and I mix it and I get it real creamy, just real creamy. And then I, I have, I don't make the um, crust from from scratch, I get a deep crust and I put them out. I, I, at this time, I, actually at the beginning, I have these crusts out so they can be just right. And then I begin to pour the, uh, the mix inside. And then I put it in the oven, it might be 350, and I just take a look at it. And then at, um, in the middle of that, I'll take a, um, a toothpick and I put it in the middle. And if there's something comes out, then it's not ready. If it's on the toothpick. And then I let it sit. And then I serve it with either ice cream, Cool Whip, or whipped cream. Amen. <laughs> and so that's my sweet potato pie. It's the making. It takes, it's a process. So as we talk about the making of an honorable vessel, there's some ingredients that you need in order to be honorable in the hands of God. And so with that, that thought, go to number seven, chapter, second Timothy chapter seven. I mean, second Timothy chapter two, verse seven. It says this, think over what I say. For the Lord will give you understanding in everything. And from that passage, we see that God is looking for some thinking vessels. There's not enough Christians who think. Um, sometimes when people come to church, they leave their, their mind outside the door. But I want to challenge you, don't ever leave your mind outside. You need to think. God loves thinkers. He's looking for thinkers. In Matthew 22, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. So we need to love God with our minds by using our minds. There's some believers who don't use their minds. They just take whatever it comes. And that's how cults of followers become, you know, the making of a cult follower. Don't use your mind. <laughs> if they separate you from your parent, your family, Sign number one, they are a cult. <laughs> I mean, it's just basic sense. If they tell you, oh, give us all your money, sign number two. How many of y'all saw 60 Minute last, last couple Sundays ago with the Mormon church? They got over $100 billion in the bank that they are using to start for-profit businesses. 
and a whistleblower came out and now the IRS is going after them. And so, and, and we are, we're not, they're not Christians, by the way, according to the Bible. They, they, they have, they just accepted black people back in the seventies, but, <laughs> but they, they are, um, that, that is a cult. Um, Joseph Smith was not anointed by God. He was anointed by the devil. And, um, and so we do not ascribe to that. But anyway, uh, we are to be thinkers, thinkers for the glory of God. We need to have some, some, some efforts when, when it comes to our minds. God doesn't want us just to be emotional, but he wants us to be thinkers. You can love God with your mind. So once again, I'm reiterating, don't be lazy with your thinking. And the Bible tells us to meditate scriptures. And so if, in order to meditate, you got to think about the passage. This passage was written by, yes, the Holy Spirit inspired men to write the passage, but it was, there's a human author behind the word of God. And so there's a human person actually writing the scriptures. And then there is a, a specific audience to the scriptures. And so we need to be mindful of the culture back then. So sometimes in our Western eyes, we, we neglect the, the actual things that was happening, the, the cultures. And so we need to think about a text. Who's writing it? Who, who's, who is he writing it to? And sometimes they're writing on occasion. That means they're responding to something. Sometimes it's to a person and sometimes it's to groups of churches or a nation. And so we look at this in line of thinking. We need to think about those things. And so Paul is telling his son in faith, think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. And we know that thinking is the breeding ground for revelation and understanding. And so in order to be an honorable vessel, you must become a thinker. Must be a thinker. Number two, um, let's go to verse eight. It says, remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead, the offspring of David as preached in my gospel. Here, Paul is telling his son in faith, remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. I want to submit to you, there's some things we need to remember when we think about Jesus. Remember who he is. Who is he? He's the son of man. And he's the son of God. Son of man speaks of his humanity. Son of God speaks of his deity. So when somebody says they were son of God, um, the Christ, they're saying that they're God in the flesh. He's not just a son in the way that we think about sons. We think about sons perhaps as, as a junior or many of you. But in, in the scripture, sometimes when it says son of God, it's really talking about God in flesh. Son of man speaks of his humanity. Son of God speaks of his divinity. So we have Jesus who is 100% God and 100% man. Amen. He is not, he did not come as a woman. And so sometimes now in our society, they like to say she and referring to God, era. He's not, he's not considered mother God. Never, ever, ever in the scripture do we see Jesus, God the Father referred to as Mother God. He's always Father God. And that word Father is not necessarily masculine in the sense, but it means um, uh, the source. Yeah. Father means source. Yeah. And so God is um, um, Father, not Mother. And so when we think about Jesus, He, we think about Him. And then we need to think about what He has accomplished. Remember Jesus, what did he accomplish? He died in our place. He died for our sins. In order to really understand that, you got to realize that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
And so we are sinners and we cannot get to God outside of Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Notice he didn't say, I am a way, but I'm the way. It's definite article. I am the way. I'm not a way. I'm the way because all ways do not lead to God. <laughs> it's only the way that leads to God, who is Jesus. And so we cannot go to God outside of Jesus. And so in order to remember Jesus, we got to remember why he came. He came to live a sinless life so that his death could be received by God on our behalf. Amen. It's not just he's an example, but he is a substitute for you and I. He lived a sinless life and died a vicarious death. There's no power in this cross because there are other men on the cross. That was the capital punishment of the day. So there's no power. I know back in the day and when, when kids, um, I, as a kid, I used to look at scary movies uh, and, and, and they would get the priest to exorcist. Um, um, drive devils out and they have the little cross. Uh, and so I used to think that that little cross was power. So I would go around, lay, you know, put it on my little dog because dogs sometimes would have seizure. I say, in the name of Jesus. And it kept on having seizure. And then nothing happened. There's no power in the cross. The power is in what the cross accomplished. The message of the cross. It is the message that is a threat. It is not the cross itself. If that's the case, um, the people that were dying, that was the capital punishment of the day, it would be power in their crosses. But, but the cross of Jesus speaks of that the fact of a perfect man, sinless man, dying for all of humanity. <laughs> Glory to God. And, and, and we got to understand the resurrection. He was raised from the dead on the third day. Now, he didn't go past the third day. <laughs> he was raised on the third day that God raised Christ up from the third day. In other words, that God approved of his birth, his life, and his death as the propitiation for our sins. Glory to God. So it's his birth that gave his life significance and his life that gave value to his death. And God approved of his life as our substitute by raising up from the third day. Amen. Understanding this makes us an honorable vessel. Remembering Jesus, and Paul goes on and says, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. So no cross, don't go around wearing no cross. I mean, if you got a tattoo with a cross and Jesus on the cross, get rid of it, blot it out, because he's no longer on the cross. He got up on the third day and defiled death and was raised up, and now he sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding and supplicating for the saints. Glory to God. And he's soon to return. He was risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. And I love the fact that Paul says, my gospel, my gospel. It is, he made it personal. It, Jesus is a personal Jesus, personal Savior. He saves you personally. And he saves you to the utmost. He saves all of you. He saves your mind. He saves your money. He saves your life. Come on. Come on. He's everything about you. He saves to the utmost. To the point that he got you a new body. Oh, yeah, yeah. His death and his resurrection purchased a new body for us. Glory to God. We made this, this body right here. It got wrinkles. And the older we get and we got some challenges. But I want you to know that there's a promise of a new body. 
Not only did his blood and his death um, and his resurrection purchase a new body, but purchased a new place for us. He purchased a new city, a new world. That blood covers not only this life, but the life to come. And forever we'll be telling the story. (laughs) His story. It's not just a story, but it's, 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 it's a reality. The story of Jesus. If you're going to be a vessel, you got to know the story of Jesus. Go around telling the story of Jesus. While you tell your story, put Jesus in the center of your story. Glory to you. Your story means nothing if it's Jesus is not in the middle of it. It brings glory to God when we have Jesus as the center of our story. It's his story, history. Glory to God. Verse 9 says, for which I am suffering Bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. But the word of God is not I love that the fact that Paul says he is suffering. Uh, sometimes people suffer because of their own doing and bad decisions. You spend all your money, then you might not have rent or mortgage. The devil had nothing to do with that. <laughs> the devil's tired of, of, of us blaming him for stuff that we do. Oh, I got diabetes. It was the devil. That was what you was eating. A lack, a lack of, don't leave sweet potato for how long. <laughs> it's going to be sweet potato pie in heaven. Um, <laughs> I'm going to leave that sweet potato pie. One time I was preaching at a church in Newark, and um, they didn't give us, um, you know, as, as a pastor, minister, uh, it's the right thing to do to give offerings after a person preach. Um, and so I was a guest speaker, and and they decided not to give me an offering. So they gave me a K&G gift certificate, a uh, card, a little thing. It was cute. Uh, and then it was like $20 on it. And then they gave me two sweet potato pies uh, as my honorarium. Um, it wasn't even good. I mean, you don't get somebody to see your talent pie. At least let it be good. Right? Get your grandmama to make it. I mean, it's like somebody just, you know, that's before patty pie came out. And it was like, at least give me at least a patty pie. You know, if you're going to give me an honorarium, give me a patty pie or something. But anyway, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that, you know, you got to do right by the man and woman of God. Anyway, so Paul is suffering because of the gospel um, he preaches. It isn't just the gospel that he knows, but it's the gospel that he preached. You can know, see, there's a big lie from the enemy that says, um, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. Yeah. No, that's not true. Because if you're going to preach the gospel, you got to use words. I mean, that, that, living a life is great. You need to live the life, but you need to preach. And the word preach, don't get it twisted. It just means to proclaim. So when you tell your story, you're preaching. Uh, and so we're not to just live a life and not say anything. What's going to get us in trouble is when we say something. When you say something about Jesus dying for your sins, that person got to realize that they're a sinner. They're not okay with God. You got to tell the world, they're not okay. You're not okay with God. You're not okay. You got, you got, you got real beef with God. God got real beef with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are at war with God. That's good news to somebody. But before we can tell the good news, we got to tell about the bad news. You're on your way to a dying, uh, burning hell. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that, that'll get you a lot of friends <laughs> what you're doing right now is displeasing to God and it's causing the wrath of God to be up on your head but the good news is Jesus took your place 
You just got to receive him. And when you receive him, you're delivered from the wrath to come. There's a heaven to receive and a hell to avoid if you just make him the Lord of your life. So that's the good news. <laughs> but you got to understand the bad news. You got to understand that the fact that we are sinners, we're innate. I mean, just look at a baby. They just, ah, 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 they cry all the time. I mean, they just self-centered. It's all about them. They're wet. They want to be changed right then and there. Come on. Uh, when they're sleepy, they want to, they now cry. When they're hungry, I mean, Zola was trying to like suck on my breath. I was like, oh God, I got to lose weight. I was just like, she was like, I was like, Jesus. Y'all didn't see that, right? I was like, Jesus. Hey, Lord, thank you. I played it out real good. And, and, and so <laughs> that, that make my, when I had my two boys, it was like, they, you know, they's like, what's those? I said, nothing. That's nothing. <laughs> uh, that's, that's breasts. I said, I don't have any breasts in Jesus name. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm working out. <laughs> Just lost 50 pounds, 80 more to go. Amen. Glory to God. So, um, so yeah, we're talking about suffering as a Christian and it's what we say that's going to get us in trouble with the world. And so here's Paul. He's in prison as a criminal because of what he's preaching. It was a threat to the society, the hostile society, that, that even a, a, a woman who was bound up with demons, who gave um, you know, predictions and she had the spirit of divination and she told future. I mean, he just totally delivered that woman and took away a bunch of money. Glory to God. When, when, when we start preaching the gospel of prosperity, then people don't take out loans that much because they believe God instead. That robs away. So the world's going to be like, wait a minute, we got to keep them in bondage. And so here, Paul is in prison as a criminal. He's in prison because of what he's preaching. And we know that Paul is, 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 is to, he's appointed to three different offices, preacher, apostle, and teacher. Three different offices, three different callings, three different anointing, and this is why he's suffering. And he's, he's preaching the gospel, he's sent to the Gentiles, and he's a teacher in the body of Christ. And we know that God has set some in the body to be teachers. And he goes on, he makes a profound statement, he says, but the word of God is not bound. You can bind up the messenger, but the message will still prevail. Let's take a look at this, and how does this message prevail? Go with me in your Bibles to Isaiah 55. I look to the screen, Isaiah 55, and let's look at verse 11. Isaiah 55, verse 11, and it simply says this. Isaiah 55, verse 11, it says, So shall my word be that goes out of my mouth, from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty or void, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose. It shall succeed in the thing which, for which I sent it. So the word of God cannot be stopped. Men and women have tried to stop the word of God. Look at the dark ages. They try to get the word of God out. And then God raised up a monk by the name of Martin Luther who says, no, wait a minute, this is none of this. The just shall live by faith in restoring that truth. And we know from Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, go back to um, 2 Timothy chapter 2, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12 says this, that God watches over his word to perform it. So God will make sure that the word of God is never bound, that it will always be present in every generation. Glory to God. Let's look at verse 10, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 10. 
I'm almost finished, believe it or not. Second Timothy chapter 10, somebody says, amen. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. No, I'm just, <laughs> Jesus. Um, it says, therefore, I endure, endure everything for the sake of the, of the elect, that they may all, that, that, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal joy, eternal joy, glory, I'm sorry. Let's read that again. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the, for the sake of the elect, that they may also, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Paul is saying, I, I, I have endurance and I endure everything for the sake of God's church. He is persecuted for the church. They, they are called, he, he, is, he says, you know what? I want to lay down my life for the church. Jesus died for the church. And I, as an apostle, as a preacher, as a teacher in the body, I am laying down my life and I'm in prison for preaching the gospel to the Gentiles and teaching the word of God to the church and being sent to the Gentiles. I am I have I'm in prison because of this. So I I am going through some trials because of what I'm doing for the Lord. You and I will go through some trials and you and I will go through some hard times if you allow Jesus to live his life through you. Paul is laying down his life for others. Let's look at this real quick in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says this, Paul is saying, you know what, I, I'm, I'm enduring everything for the sake of the elect, that they may obtain salvation in Christ, or in Christ Jesus, and it goes on and says, with eternal glory. Paul is going through because he wants the church to enjoy everything that Jesus died to give them. What are some things that Jesus died to give us? He, he, he died to give us life. He died to give us forgiveness. He died to give us healing. He died to give us some peace. He died to give us some joy. He died to give us some riches. He became poor that I may become rich. He died so he, we can go to heaven. And so these are things he wants the church to walk in the fullness of what the, their salvation contains. That includes deliverance. That God wants, Paul is laying down his life so that the church can be delivered. And this is what he's, he's referring to. Verse 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 says, But we have the tre this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So he is referring to all of us, if you're a believer in Jesus, that we are jars of clay. We are vessels. Let's continue. He says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. So here's this treasure in jars of clay. Um, notice that Paul mentioned being afflicted, persecuted, um, perplexed, struck down. These things are external. 
They're not internal. Everything, the pressure should not be inside of you. The pressure should come from the outside. All this affliction, persecution, perplex, all these things should be coming from the outside, struck down, but inwardly we should have peace in the midst of the storm. We should have some joy. No matter what we're facing, God wants this vessel to be in a place that they're rooted and grounded in Jesus. Here he says, death is working in us so that life can be in you. Let me, let me just, let's talk about this. Death so life can be produced. Death works in us so we can give life to somebody else. Die so others can live. What are, what are you talking about, Pastor Dwayne? I am not talking about dying in the sense of physically dying, but dying to your desires. Die, losing your life so that you can be a vessel of honor. Laying down your life, inconvenient your, your time so you can pray for others while others are sleeping. You giving to the lost or giving to the poor so that someone can have a meal for the day. You go without so that others can be blessed. This is what Paul is talking about. Dying so that life can be produced. God, is, if you want to be a vessel of honor, you got to die. Die so that the personal compassion can be birthed in you. Die so that, and when I talk about death, I'm not talking about dying physically. If that's necessary, we'll do that. But I'm talking about dying to your desires for the will of God. There's not too many people who want the will of God. They're not hungry enough for the will of God. Will you stand up? I said it a few weeks ago. The world is a better place when Christians become who God called them to be. We should be dead people walking. We're so dead to sin that, that, that nothing moves us. No, 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 no. I love Jesus too much. I'm not going to do that. Oh, I'm not going to gossip. I, I love Jesus too much that I'm not going to put my mouth on my job. I'm not going to put my mouth on my supervisor. I'm not going to put my mouth on my employees. Come on. I, I'm going to guard my mouth. I'm going to die to this gossip. Y'all know what I'm talking about when people are like, come on, let's, let's talk. And they talk about everything going on in school, everything going on on the job. That God uses that job to feed you. So why, why bite the hand that feeds you, that God is using? Oh, God is my provider, but he uses your job to provide for you. So don't put your, it is unscriptural or biblical, and it's, you become a vessel that's not worthy if you put your mouth on your job. So die to that. Next time somebody got, wants to gossip about something, no, not me, sorry. Well, have you prayed for him? Let's pray for him. <laughs> I think things will change. We, we, we're to die. Paul is saying, you know what? I, I, I'm enduring everything for the sake of the church. I'm willing to lay my life down. There are not too many Christians who are laying their lives down. Uh, my conclusion, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about this. Um, let's go back to 2 um, Timothy chapter 2. As we wrapped up, wrap up, it says, verse 11, this sin is trustworthy for... And he says this, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he, will, he remains faithful, but he, for he cannot deny himself. Let's look at this. Die, if we die with him, if we say, you know what? I am crucified with Christ, then I'll live with him. 
If we endure whatever we're facing, then we'll reign with him. In other words, if we're overcome in this life, God will give us the reign with Christ if we overcome. But he says, if you deny him, he's going to deny us. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 to 33, he says, if you acknowledge me before humanity, before men, I will acknowledge you before my father and his holy angels. If you deny me, I will deny you. That's, that's profound, that the fact that if you deny Christ in this life, he's going to deny you in the next. That, that's, that's profound. What, what, think about denying. Somebody friend you on social media, Facebook, you deny them. Psst, not. You block them. If you block God, you block his son Jesus for living his life through you in this life. He's going to block you for all eternity. If you don't acknowledge him before people that are creatures, then he's not going to acknowledge you before the creator. Paul says, if we deny him, there's some who are denying him. Okay, let me give you an example. I, was, um, I, was, I went to um, Trenton, Trenton High, and I was in junior, junior number two. Back in the day, they had all these junior high schools. And um, junior number two, and I, I was started stepping out in my faith, and um, I was kind of shy. I don't know if you remember this, Mom. I was kind of shy because um, I didn't want everybody to see me pray. So what I would do is drop the napkin. Jesus, Lord, I thank you for this food in Jesus' name. And then, hey, start eating with everybody else. Y'all don't try that. <laughs> I was denying him before him. The food wasn't blessed. <laughs> it was a curse on that food, <laughs> you know, because I didn't acknowledge him in front of other people. Then when I got to high school, I said, Lord God, I was all bold. <laughs> I'm telling you just a little stuff. Acknowledge him. I remember this young girl, she's Jamaican. I liked her a whole lot. And, um, and I wanted to impress her. And um, this friend of mine, he at the time, he ain't a friend no more. Um, he, he was like, oh, Dwayne um, likes you, but he's a Christian. And I said, no, I'm not, I'm not a Christian because I want to be with her. And then when I said that, I got convicted and I heard the rooster crow. Whoa! <laughs> I was like, God, forgive me. Jesus, I'm going to hell. I went to the altar that Sunday. I said, God, forgive me. My pastor cast the devil out. Come out. I was like, I mean, all kinds of stuff took place. I, I said, Lord, I'll go to Africa. And then years later, I just went. <laughs> so um, we're not to. <laughs> we don't deny him. Acknowledge him. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of him. I mean, I, I, I was, thank God for uh, Brother Chris and, and, and Miss Bonita. They, they blessed us with a, a trip to um, a pastor's summit. And this past couple of days, and we were flying first class, and I had my Bible out, <laughs> and, and I was taking notes, and I was, <laughs> and I was listening to um, some praise and worship music while I'm, I, I was acknowledging him in first class. And by the way, first class is God's ways, God's will for me all the time. <laughs> I just believe it's God's will. I mean, they gave me drinks, and they gave me chips. <laughs> Economy is not the will of God for me. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, um, and, but I, I acknowledge him. And then we, we got a Lyft driver. A Lyft driver came, took us home 
Um, he actually lives in Brooklyn, and he just, he, for some reason, he just wanted to talk. I'm like, I'm tired. I mean, it's like midnight. I'm trying to get home. And he's just yapping, yapping. And Courtney's like, oh, we'll pray for you. <laughs> I was like, okay, go ahead and pray for a while. I was praying to sleep. But acknowledging him in front of others. We're going to be a vessel of honor. We got to acknowledge him. Let me give you these points as I let you go. How do you live this out? How do you become a vessel, an honorable vessel? One, become a thinker. Become a thinker. Number two, know the gospel. The Holy Ghost uses the gospel to make vessels. You're giving him something for him to use and to work with. If you don't know the gospel, he can, he can only use you so far. So know who Jesus is, why he came, and what he accomplished. Understand his death. Understand his resurrection. Great. Thank God for the passion of Christ. That's a wonderful depiction of the gospel, but it comes short because it doesn't tell us why he came. It doesn't tell us why. Oh, and people are crying because they see a man beaten, but that was common. They don't know why. It's because you, you and I have sinned. It's not clear. So know the gospel. Know the gospel. Number three, tell his story in your story. Tell his story in your story. So if you got a story, oh, I was homeless, but Jesus. I was blind, but Jesus. I didn't have a job, but Jesus. I had the perfect environment, but I walked away, but Jesus. So tell, your, tell his story in your story. And number three, love others by dying. Love others by dying. Uh, Matthew 10, verse 39, Matthew 16, 25 says, Whosoever loses life shall find it or shall save it. Whoever saves his life shall lose it. How do you love others? By dying, get up and praying for them. And there's not enough people praying for other people. So pray for others. That's one way to die. Number two, not fulfilling your desires, but his desires. And number three, think of others first. Philippians 2. Think of your brothers and your sisters in Christ above your needs. Pray for somebody else and not just your needs. It's okay to pray for your needs, but do not be like the old farmer that says, me and my four and no more. But pray for your four and you, but pray for others. Let me go over number four, four applications. Become a thinker, know the gospel, tell his story and your story, and number four, love others by dying. Every eye closed. Every head bowed. If you're here and you say, Pastor Dwayne, I heard you talk about Jesus. I want to give you this opportunity. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to avoid. Today, the Lord is knocking on your door, the door of your heart. He wants you to receive him. If you don't know Jesus in the pardon of your sins, today is your day. I want you to be bold and brave enough to lift up your hands. So that's me. I want to receive Christ. Is there anyone here who wants to receive Christ? You've never been born again, but you want to be saved. Is there one? Is there anyone here who want to rededicate yourself to Christ? Say, I once was walking with Christ, but now I have walked away. Is there one? All right, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for these, your people. I pray that you will continue to bless them, encourage them. Holy Spirit, help us to become a vessel of honor. Make us a vessel of honor. Help us not to den deny you and others, in the eyes of others, but help us to always acknowledge you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you all as we um, dismiss. Uh, 
I, I just I trust that this message has been a blessing to you. Be encouraged, be strengthened by the grace of God and, and, and know that Jesus loves you. He died in your place and, and that he wants you to live for him in such a way that it produces life for others. Amen. That concludes this week's message and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.